Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Do you have a special place that you like to go? I know with a lot of people being locked down in quarantine and COVID, uh, some people just wish they could go somewhere. (laughs) Wouldn't matter where it's at if they could just get away and go. Uh, I think each and every one of us have that special place that we like to go. Uh, You know, you can get on the web and you can look at some of the most special places on planet Earth. And I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, you think about the Grand Canyon here in the United States. I mean, you you can look at different places in, in Africa and France and all over the world. God has given us some special places to be. But believe it or not, God has also ordained certain special places in the world to be. Um, That may be hard to believe, but I'm going to help explain that to you this morning. That I don't know why God chooses some places to really just set up camp and be there. But God chooses special places to set his presence there and just really do a work. For instance, let's go back to the birth of Jesus Christ. He was born in Bethlehem. Do you realize Bethlehem means house of bread? It's the small little quaint city that really in the world significantly means nothing. But yet God chose Bethlehem for his son to be born in. Why? You'll have to take that up with the Lord. I don't know. But what I do know is that God chose this little quaint place to be. Well, think about that. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the temple sat and where the Muslim temple sits today. And yet Jews all over the world go to the Wailing Wall to that special place because Jerusalem is that place that that God has chosen. In fact, the nation of Israel, which is really no bigger than the state of New York, is that special place. Do you realize everything in the world hinges around Israel? Everything. And it won't take you long to figure that out. Why did God choose Israel no bigger than the state of New York to make that happen? Once again, I don't know. And I'm not going to ask God why. All I know is that that's a special place. Well, how about Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments? Why that mount? Because God chose that place. And of course, then we have Golgotha, the place of the cross, where Jesus died for your sins and my sins. And last, maybe a little more distressing, is Megiddo. Or we'll know where Armageddon will be fought. God has chosen that place for the end of the world to be. But what I want you to understand this morning, church, is that God chooses places to set up camp at. God chooses places to just set his presence and his power so that people can truly be saved and restored. Not that God can't meet you anywhere at any time, any place. He most certainly can. But we can see through the course of our Bible, we can see through the course of history that God chooses places to do that very thing. In fact, this morning, that's what we're going to be looking at. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Genesis chapter uh, 28 and we'll also be in Genesis chapter 35. God chooses special place and this morning we're going to look at a place called Bethel. And it hinged around a guy by the name of Jacob. Jacob was a twin. He was the younger of Esau. 
And Jacob's name means deceiver, supplanter. And what we know about Jacob is that Jacob tricked his brother for a, basically a pot of lentil stew to get the birthright, which means basically Jacob got the entire family fortune. And then right before Jacob's father passes away, he would pass on the blessing to his eldest son Esau. And yet Jacob tricked his father thinking he was Esau. So basically he stole Esau's birthright. So here's a man that is somewhat of a liar, a deceiver. But what we have to understand is he's successful in what he's doing. We know through reading the book of Genesis, he had a lot of animals. He had a lot of crops. He had a lot of land. I mean, he was a successful businessman. But one of the things that Jacob wasn't very good, or one of the things he didn't have well in his life was the love of the Lord. And so now... To pick up the story, we have Jacob running from Esau. After all, Jacob was what we call a mama's boy. Esau was the hunter. So just think about that. If you are a mama's boy and your older, bigger brother is the hunter and he's really mad at you, ready to kill you, you're probably not going to stand around and fight. You're probably going to run. And that's exactly what Jacob did. He ran. And that's where we pick up our story in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. So Jacob's on the run from his brother Esau. And in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, it says this. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and laid down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, your God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of your father, Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust on the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants and all the families. Um, and what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was so afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Jacob running from his brother Esau, not even looking or going after the Lord. And all of a sudden, while he's sleeping, God visits him in this special place Called Bethel. This is also the story of Jacob's ladder. If you've ever heard that children's story. Jacob's ladder. Well this is it. But what you need to see. Is that here was a man. That was running from his brother. Although he was successful in life. Although he had a purpose in life. What he didn't realize. Was he was missing the most key important thing in life. And that was the Lord God. In his heart and his soul and in his life. And now all of a sudden. Without even going after God. As we all know. God came after him. And in case you don't know this, let me just explain this real quick, church. 
you never seek the Lord. He always seeks you first. And it's your wise, wise, wise decision that if you're running from the Lord today and you feel that prick in your heart, you feel that urge of him in your life. Now would be a good time to go back to him because God will not always seek you. See, we don't get to choose the time, the place of the day when we seek the Lord for the very first time. God chooses that. Now, after we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we get the responsibility of seeking him. But God always seeks you and me first. Jacob was that guy. But what Jacob encountered at Bethel was extraordinary. In fact, he says, here I was. I didn't know God was here. How about that? The presence and the power of the Lord was in that place. And Jacob did not even know it until he woke up. But then he named that place Bethel, which means house of God. And Bethel's an interesting place. It's just a little Basically subdivision, if you want to call it, just a little just a little place outside Jerusalem, about 10 miles. But a lot of neat things have happened at Bethel because God has made that place his special place. For instance, we we know that this was Jacob's very first encounter with the Lord. He became very intimate with God. God awakened him. God allowed him to see for the very first time in his life what he was missing. Can you remember the very first time that God awakened you and you went back to him? You went after him? Can you remember that place? Can you remember that place? I still remember that place in my life where I was lying down on a coffee table. Because see, when you're my height, you can lie down on coffee tables and it's okay. At seven years old and the Lord met me. And the Lord changed me. That place. See, Jacob knew Bethel was that place. But not only that, Abraham knew Bethel was that place. Abraham in Genesis 12 built an altar to God and worshipped him there. We also know that Dever, the prophetess, stayed in Bethel. One of the key ladies of the Old Testament that helped lead the nation. We know that when the nation of Israel was out Without a king and they needed to pursue the Lord for leadership and guidance. Guess where they went? Bethel. Because Bethel was that place. Samuel tells King Saul. You need to go to Bethel. And when you go to Bethel. You're going to find some prophets there. And those prophets will encounter you. And when Saul went to Bethel and encountered the prophets. Guess what happened? The Bible tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And his life was completely changed that day. He met the Lord at Bethel. And his life completely changed. Well, guess what? This place is that place. Do you realize we are located in the very center of Wakulla County? Think about that. Wakulla County. Now, you guys are born and raised here. It's not a big deal to you. But I can remember when I first moved to Wakulla County. I moved to Sop Choppies where I really first moved. And my friends from seminary would ask me, where do you live? And I would say, well, if you go to the end of the world, go about another five miles. That's where I am living. Because that's what I thought. We are located in the center of Wakulla County. 
Do you realize the very land this building and our building sit on are called the mourning fields? Because people in days old would come over to this place and they would mourn and they would weep before the Lord and they would pour their heart out to him until he gave them an answer. They would come to this place and they would cry to him and they would seek him until he saved them, until he rescued them, until he changed them. Why? Because this is one of those places that God has chosen to dwell And that's why when you walk in this building, there's the power of the Lord. That's why you walk in this building, there is no fighting. That's why when you walk in there in the building, there's a sweet, sweet spirit. Why? Because this is our Bethel. This is where God has chosen to rest. 20 plus years ago, the Lord gave our pastor, Brother Henry, a vision to move to the center of the county. And we moved to the center of the county. Why? Because God, trust me, God moves everywhere. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand. I don't want you to misunderstand that this morning. God can move any place and every place he wants to. But God does choose certain places to be and to reside and to dwell. And if this is your first time here, you've probably already walked in and said, yes, there is something different about this place. I mean, come on. Even this building draws people to this place. You think that was an accident? You think that was just some coincidence? No, God realized that because what color county is so quaint, it's so small in in the eyes of the world that God chose this place to profound the wise. God chose a building like this to profound the wise so that people would naturally be drawn to this place so that they could have an encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ. Jacob had a Bethel. And God met Jacob there. But as we read, the Lord says, I will bring you back here one day. And so now we're going to pick up some 22 years later. 22 years. Genesis chapter 35. And this is what we read in verse 9. Now that Jacob had returned from Padadaram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. For now on your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation and even many kings. Probably the most famous of all, King David. Will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken him. Then he poured wine over it as an offering to God. And anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel. Which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. Jacob returns because God said, you will return here again one day. But this time when Jacob returns, he's waiting on the Lord. He's anticipating the Lord. He's not going to make the same mistake twice. I was running from my brother. And all of a sudden I met the Lord without really knowing I met the Lord. 
But this time when I go back to where I met the Lord, I'm going to be waiting for him. I'm going to be anticipating that encounter. And so when the Lord encounters Jacob now, he tells Jacob, I'm going to change your name. Isn't that a wonderful thing? See, when God comes into your heart and life, when you really let God take control of you, he might not change your legal name per se, but he does change your eternal name because now you're his child. See, when Jesus comes into your heart and life, he changes you. You're a new creation. And for Jacob, when he encountered the Lord here at Bethel, God changed him completely. Changed him from no longer being liar, deceiver to Israel. That was his name. It was at Bethel that God did a mighty work in his life. 2020 has really been an impactful year for each and every person. And none of us want to go back. None of us want to look back. But what we do know, as we were so clearly uh, preached to and said last week, we are standing on the rock. And we don't have to worry about that. Derek, that will not go away for a long time. I'm going to tell you now, we are standing on the rock. In the midst of all this, we are standing on the rock. 2020 impacted us a lot personally. It impacted our home and our family. It impacted our very church. It impacted our county. It impacted our nation. It impacted the whole world. I mean, if you ever wanted a monkey wrench thrown into life, that was it. And what happened with us is that we maybe got a little distracted a little unfocused in 2020, because here's what happened. We went from a one service, spirit-filled, God-moving, just miraculous, mighty-moving service. If you were with us before March of last year, when you walked in this place, man, it was great. But when COVID hit, guess what we did? We shut down, and we went to online. And let's be honest, online is... Not the same as in person. And, and for those who are watching online today, thank you for watching. We appreciate that. But we have to be honest. There is nothing greater in all of the world than to worship in person with your family and your friends. But I understand we do have to be careful. But what we did was we basically shut down. We didn't just shut down. Basically, the entire world shut down. And when the world needed the church to move greater and mightier, we all closed down. Do you realize there are churches today that still aren't worshiping in our county? Because they're so scared of the physical. When the Bible tells us we should be more afraid of the person who can take our soul, not the body. And so we so then we get back and we said, OK, it's time to restart. And we start back with three what we'd call streamlined services where we have an hour and we're just going to try to do what we can do an hour. We're no longer going to be able to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings like we used to. We'll just let you drop them off as you're exiting the door. We're going to have to streamline everything. And what we tried to do church and we tried to do the best we could. But what we realized was that we missed what truly needed to be done. And so as Jacob went back 
to Bethel. And the Lord encountered him and changed him and multiplied him. And we talk about him to this day. We are going back in 2021 to Bethel. We have two worship services now. And we're going to worship the Lord through singing and praise. We're going to worship the Lord through the giving of our tithes and offerings. We're going to worship the Lord here at the altar. Folks, we are back. And we are not looking back. We are looking forward. And we want to provide a place for people to come that they know when they walk into this house, they're going to be saved. When they walk into this house, they're going to be set free. When they walk into this house, they're going to leave different than when they came in. Because we are going to go back with the Lord has called this place to be a Bethel, a light to a dark and dying world. That's who we are. And we're never looking back again. Amen. Amen. But we haven't stopped. We're doing more. We're actually in the first Wednesday in February, February the 3rd, we're starting our Wednesday nights back. Wednesday nights are coming back February the 3rd. We'll do it at 7 o'clock. We're going to have life groups. And if you're not a part of a life group, please pick up a directory out in our lobby. There are the names of the leaders in our life group. Call those leaders. Find out the time and the place they're meeting and get connected because the only way we're going to grow in the Lord is to stay together. So in first Wednesday of February, February 3rd, in this building, Brother Derek Gray will be teaching through Romans. Modular 1, the youth are going to be meeting again. The children's building, the children are going to meet again. And we're going to have life groups on this property. Why? Because we're going to grow in the Lord. We're going to provide a Bethel to this world so people can come, they can gather, and they can be saved. Amen. That's what this is about. So let's look at Bethel real quick. Verse 11, this is what it says. And then God said to Jacob, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. That El Shaddai is so interesting when you study the definition and the meaning. We're going to look at it real quick. The first thing that El Shaddai means is that God is all-powerful. Do you realize that there is no obstacle in your life that the Lord, through you, cannot overcome? If you're facing obstacles in your life today, no worries. If you will go to the Lord, he is all powerful. He will be your El Shaddai. He will help you to overcome any and every obstacle in your life. It also means that God is all sufficient, which means that God takes care of your every need. If you're in need this morning, it may be time for you to come back to the altar, come back to Bethel and say, God, I'm in need this morning. Now, notice it didn't say God will take care of all your wants, all your needs. God, I'm in need this morning. I'm in need of a miracle in my family. God, this morning, I'm in need in my life. God, I am in need. And that's what the Lord wants to hear. And he wants you to know that he's your El Shaddai. He's all powerful. He's also transcendent. Which means God supersedes time and space. In other words, God understands and knows the very cries of the deepest parts of your heart and life. And he wants to help you this morning. He no longer wants you to be broken and burdened. He no longer wants you to be downtrodden. Today, the Lord wants to minister to you. He wants to be the God that you need and the God that you seek. He is also sovereign ruler, 
In other words, he rules over everything. There is nobody higher than our God. Everything falls up under him. He gives everybody and everyone permission to do what they want to do. Nothing is more powerful than the Lord. Which means if you're facing a problem today, he is the ruler of that problem. And if you think your problem is bigger than God, then you've messed up. Because he is the ruler. He rules over everything. Nothing catches him by surprise. Do you really think COVID caught him by surprise? No. Do you think the mishaps in your life caught him by surprise? No. Nothing catches him by surprise. What's caught you by surprise is that you've left the Lord and you've strayed on your own like Jacob did. And now it's time to come back and find him at Bethel so he can get you on the right road again. Not only is he sovereign, but God is the disposer. Interesting word. God is the disposer, which basically means that God throws away and gets rid of things. You got some bad memories and bad past. Give them to the Lord. He'll get rid of them. Now, please don't be praying, God, please the disposer of my family, okay? You don't want God to get rid of your family, all right? That's not what he's saying. God wants to get rid of your sin. God wants to get rid of your memories. God wants to get rid of your hurts so that you can move forward. He is the disposer. See, some of you are still hanging on to the past, and you can't move forward. Today, God says, I want to be your disposer. I want to be your trash guy. I want to get the trash out of your life. I want to clean you up so you can move forward. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, we had enough rain yesterday. Isn't it time to have some spiritual rain in here this morning? So God can wash you and clean you. And you can leave this place a new creation, a new person. He is the disposer. Not only that, God nourishes. God grows us in our faith. That's what he does. God wants to grow you in your faith. Without food, a man dies. I mean, you can go 40 days until starvation sets in. I know some of you think, well, with my physique, I could probably go longer than 40 days. No, we all would go about 40 days before we're going to starve to death. Without the Lord, we're starving to death. And see, God wants to nourish you today. See, you may have suffered a lot in 2020, but 2021 can be different. It can be completely different if you allow the Lord to feed your mind, allow him to feed your emotions, allow him to feed your heart. In your feelings with the good things of the Lord, not the bad things of the world. And when you allow God to do that, your life changes. That's why people can walk with their head up. It's not that they're arrogant. It's because we know who our God is. We know he's going to be with us till the end. Last, we also know that God supplies and satisfies. Basically, he supplies our every need. So we'll never have a want or desire. That's who he is as El Shaddai. Look at that. He's all powerful. He's all sufficient. He's transcendent. He's the sovereign ruler. He's the disposer. He nourishes us. And he supplies and satisfies us. That's what he was telling Jacob. And that's what he's telling you and me this morning. He wants to be that in your life. But then he goes on in the latter part of verse 11 to Jacob. And he says... I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. He said, Jacob, the only way your family's ever going to be able to do this is you guys be fruitful and multiply. Well, we've been told that river of life is a birthing center. We've been told over and over again, this is a birthing center. This is a place where people are going to be saved. 
and have been saved. So let me just take a moment. If you have been saved here at River of Life, would you please stand? If this is the place where you encounter Jesus, would you please stand? Thank you. You may be seated. This is a birthing center. You know what happens at birthing centers, don't you? You got, first of all, you've got births, which we just saw. Then you got somebody that's delivering the birth. We need to be bringing people here. Do I have the place you need to go? I've got just the place that God's going to help you and God's going to change you and God's going to release you. People will breathe it. Well, then you've got doctors and nurses that take care of those people because it's a birthing center. We're going to have discipleship here soon and very soon. We start next week. Life groups start next Sunday, January the 10th. Once again, get that directory. We want to help grow you in the Lord. We want to help nourish you. Do you realize the Bible tells us, at the very, here we are again in the book of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, God just wasn't meaning that Adam couldn't make it without Eve. What he was saying was that mankind can't make it without mankind. We need each other to encourage one another, to correct one another, to help us grow in the Lord. And see, when you isolate yourself from the family of God, when you isolate yourself from other Christians, you're stagnating. You can say, well, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I get that. But you will have no greater joy in all the world than to sit down with a brother and sister in Christ and let them share with you what's going on in their life. You share with them what's going on in your life so you guys can talk back and forth, fellowship back and forth so that you will grow together in the Lord. That's what God said when he says it's not good for man to be alone. He's saying that it's we and you and me need to be together. We need to be growing in the Lord. How are we going to do that? By worshiping the Lord here on Sunday mornings. By getting connected to life groups during the week. By meeting back here on Wednesday nights so that we can grow together. So that we can not only impact each other, but impact our world. So let me encourage you. Please. Please get connected with a life group so that it'll change your life. Verse 15, last. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Jacob said, this is God's house. This is where God dwells. This is where I can come when I need something. Do you realize this is the house of God. Amen. This is God's house. Amen. This is where we can meet. This is where we're going to show up and find our Bethel. Do you realize in this place, you're going to find the Savior who will save you from death and destruction. Amen. Today, if you're miserable and if you're running from the Lord, find Him today so that He can save you and rescue you from your destruction. Listen, you can leave today without that. And you're going to do like Jacob the first time and leave and say, wow, God was here and I missed it. But the second time Jacob showed up, Bethel, he was waiting. Today, if you've never had that encounter with Jesus Christ, make it today. Do you realize in this place, you will find the victorious one who gives you the power 
to overcome any and every obstacle of life. He's El Shaddai. If you're facing difficulties today, you can find help. You can find the answers in this place. In this place, you will find the good shepherd. He will take care of your every need. We know that Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. And the Lord today will take care of your every need because he's laid down his life for you. Do you realize in this place, you will find the great I am. He is the one who knows the deepest, darkest parts of your very heart and life. And he wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to rescue you. He knows everything about you. In fact, he knows more about you than you know. It's in this place today you can be set free. In this place, you will find the supreme creator. He is the ruler and Lord of everything. There is nothing in this entire world that wasn't created by our father. Nothing. He knows you like the back of his hand. He knows you better than you know yourself. He's in control of everything. Don't think that God has lost control. Don't think that the devil has won. By no means. God has got this. God knows what he's doing. And God wants to help you today. In this place, you will find the Lamb of God. He wants to deliver you this morning. If you're bound by past hurts, past experiences, if you're bound this morning by addictions, do you realize he can set you free? He's that Lamb. Do you realize in this place, you can find the author and the perfecter of your faith. He wants to grow you and nurture you, not only spiritually this morning, but physically. He wants to grow you. You've been saying, Lord, I wish they would just grow up. Tell them to meet Jesus and he'll grow them up. If you want to mature today, if you want to grow in your faith, allow him to do that. Last In this place, you will find the bread of life. The one who will satisfy your every longing and your every need. River of life is a Bethel. Don't ask me why God chose this place, but he did. And it's in this place that in 2021, some great things are going to happen. Because it's in this place, we're going to get back to what God's called us to do. It's in this place that people are going to become going to be able to come to be saved, to be healed, to be set free. Why? Because God has chosen this very place to set up his presence and his power to do a mighty work. And so it's in this place today you can experience the same thing if you'll allow him. Amen. All you got to do is know this is the place. And I pray today you will make it known every day to the people you meet that this is the place where God can do a work in your life. Church, buckle up because the Lord is going to do some incredible things in 2021. As the pendulum swung one one way in 2020, guess what? It's going to swing the exact opposite way in 2021. And we get to be a part of it. And we can be involved in it if we'll let him. I'm going to ask the praise team to come right now. And as they're coming.
I want to ask you a question. Did you show up here today not expecting to, to meet the Lord and be with the Lord? Did you show up here today with a want, with a need? Well, in a few minutes, we're going to begin to praise the Lord. And I want to encourage you, why don't you come forward and allow one of us to pray with you, to pray for you. Maybe today you say, Pastor Chuck, (laughs) I remember what my life used to be like. And I want to get back there. Well, maybe you just need to come to this altar and pray and then get up and worship the Lord. We have returned. And this place is going to be a place that people will be able to be saved. Their lives will be able to change. And this place is going to be a light to a dark and dying world. And I hope and pray that you will be able to say is that this is the place where I met Jesus. Or this is the place where I worship the Lord. He infills me. He empowers me. And my life is different. River of life. In the center of Wakulla County. Is truly. A Bethel. Make sure everybody knows that. Father I want to say thank you. For choosing. This small place. Outside. Crawfordville Lord. To be your Bethel. Lord, it's now our Bethel. We claim you. Lord, we know you're here. We thank you for your presence and your power and what you do in this place. And God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that those who are hurting this morning, that this will be their Bethel and they'll be set free. Father, for those who are struggling and seeking and searching, I pray today, Lord, this will be their Bethel and they'll find you. Lord, I pray for whatever need is in people's lives today, that today this will be their Bethel and they will find what you so graciously would want to give to them. Lord, thank you. Thank you for Bethel. Thank you for River of Life and what you're going to do in this church, on this property, in our lives, in the days ahead. Lord, we thank you that you're going to open our eyes and we're going to see and experience things we never could imagine. And Lord, we know it starts today. So today, we're going to embrace you. We're going to worship you. Lord, we're going to cry out to you. We're going to pray to you. And today is going to be the day that everything will change. And we pray that in your name. Amen.